0: What's up, everyone? This is a special episode of the Game Time Guru because we've got the marketing guru joining the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it?
1: Game Time boost.
0: This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson, coming at you with another interview, another week. We're almost four years in the making of this show, and we're super excited to bring on our guest, his name is Mr. Russell Brunson. Russell, thanks so much for joining the show, man.
1: Yeah, man, excited we finally had a chance to do this. I'm really pumped. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> dude. A lot of people have asked me because of the fact that I I do work my full-time job for you over at ClickFunnels. They're always like, hey, do you ever talk to Russell about this? So I'm like, dude, even when I was in the headquarters, man, like I worked 10 feet away from you, I didn't have a chance to talk about this stuff. You're always heads down, like just work, 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 work. So I'm just I'm super grateful that we have the opportunity to talk about it today. So a lot of people already know you, Russell, kind of. For your marketing background and just kind of what you've done as the co-founder of ClickFunnels and just marketing in general from way before ClickFunnels even. But what we want to get to know today on the show is is your background in sports, and I love this because because you're a wrestler, man and you got a lot of a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, and I want to learn a little bit more about your story in wrestling and kind of how it's helped you in your in your business life uh, moving forward. And then we'll talk a little bit about the UFC 254 matchup with uh, Khabib the Murga Medoff fighting Justin Gaethje this weekend. So first things first, Russell, I got to, I got to ask you, man, you know, you told us before that you're not like a major sports guy, like you're not like, you never were like a major sports guy, but you were a very, very good wrestler competing at a high level in in the collegiate rank D1. When did you first get your introduction into wrestling and why did you decide to wrestle?
1: Yeah. um, So my dad was a wrestler growing up. And so (laughs) I used to always hear him talk about wrestling and tell wrestling stories and all these things. And I guess that when I was probably, I don't know if I was kindergarten or first grade, they signed me up for wrestling and I went to my, and I have little pictures of me and my little wrestling singlet and stuff. And uh, apparently I hated it and I cried after every match. And so my mom made my dad like forced me to quit when I was a little kid because I guess I hated it. And so I didn't wrestle again um, after my kindergarten year um, all the way until, you know, when I was in high school or me, when I was in um, middle school, I thought I was going to be a basketball player I'd go play basketball, but I wasn't any good but you know you always have the dreams that someday you get spotted by someone and you'll be amazing so um but i was playing basketball and i remember eighth grade one of my neighbors uh, went out for the wrestling team and he came back to church that that next sunday and was talking about it and my dad overheard and he's like "Russell ryan signed for wrestling i'm like okay he's like you're like we're wrestlers you need to come wrestle and i was like i don't i'm a basketball player dad he's like no we're wrestlers and I was so frustrated, but he forced me to go, it took me to eighth grade, went to this thing and we showed up and I didn't know anything. I went out there and like, I I just got like, just beat on practice. was so hard. My little brother actually went too. And my little brother was beating me up. Uh, you know, Scott who, who works for us too. Uh, my little brother, Scott, he'd beat me up and I was just like, man, this is, this is a horrible sport. And, uh, my dad's like, we well, have to do it. And I was like, okay, well I'll do an eighth grade and ninth grade, but when I get to, I get to high school, I'm going to be I'm a basketball player. So I'll just use to make my dad happy. So eighth grade, I did it and I was not very good. And then ninth grade uh, in in Utah, where I grew up, ninth grade was still in the middle school. And so, uh, but you could get a release. So I would like every day, the end of school, I would like walk over to high school and I would have my seventh period there. And then I would go and I would, uh, I would wrestle on the wrestling team. And I remember I get out of school early every day, I walk over there, go to wrestling practice and and I didn't love it. It was just kind of this thing. And then um, I remember they had wrestle offs and I was so scared. I was just like, there's no way I'm going to beat any of these guys. And I remember there was. I think three guys in my weight class and, um, and I had rest loss with them and I ended up, um, the JV kid, I ended up in rest off beating him. And I was just like, I just confused. I don't know how I won. And so the coach is like, congratulations, Brunson, you're JV. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's so scary. And he gave me a singlet. I was like, I'd never worn a singlet before, you know, eighth grade, you just wear your t-shirt and shorts. And I was just like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And I remember, um, you know, uh, getting ready for that tournament getting ready for the match and stuff. And then. Um, uh, I remember they had weigh-ins, like get to weigh-ins and I, you know, you have to strip down and get on the scale to see how light you weigh and I'm in a midway. And then the guy such a wrestle gets on the scale, stands up there. I remember he had a mustache. And to this day, I still can't grow a mustache. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at this guy and I was like, this is like a grown man. Like I'm going to get destroyed. I was so scared. And then I remember, you know, an hour later on the, we're up on the, in the gym, you know, the wrestling mats are rolled out. And we're about to start wrestling. I'm looking at this guy running around the mat. He's got a mustache. and I'm like, this guy is going to kill me. He is you know, like I, I was just so scared. And I remember finally as I turned to wrestle, we go out there, shake hands, and look in the stands. It's my mom and dad and like a couple of parents. And that was it. It was like pretty much empty for the JV tournament or the match. You know, we go in this wrestling match, we start wrestling. And um, I don't remember what happened. All I remember when it got done, I stood up and I didn't know if I won or I didn't have any idea. Like, it just, I don't know how to keep score at this point really. And uh, the ref raises my hand. And I remember I was like, what? And I look over the guy with the mustache and his head's dropped. And I was like, I just beat a man with a mustache. I look at my dad in the stands. He's jumping up and down. I was like, this is the greatest feeling I have ever felt in my entire life. And I was like, that day, I became a wrestler. Like, I'm going to be a wrestler. And like, that's all I thought about, all I cared about. And um, that became my life for the next, man, 12 12 plus years. And uh, I ended up in high school. I ended up being a state champ. I took second place in the nation. was an all-American in high school. Um, Had a chance to wrestle at BYU for a year. And I started, took third place in the WAC in BYU and then BYU dropped the wrestling program. By that time I went on a mission for my church. I spent 2 years in New Jersey uh trying to wrestle with every every human that I could find that would allow me to to wrestle with them. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, every every um every member who had a, a wrestling son, I was like trying to fight them all. And it was really fun. And then while I was on a mission, I got an offer to come and wrestle with Boise State. Came back to Boise State and competed my last 4 years. And uh my at the end of the at the end of um my senior year I was ranked in the top uh, top 10 in, in the NCAA. Uh, but i didn't ever place which was like that was my big goal and being an all american in college never never actually achieved that achieved in high school but never in college and um that was kind of my wrestling career and then ended that's when business started and then um fast forward a couple years later i decided i wanted to compete again and so uh, i don't know if you know this part of the story but i um i, I wanted to, to compete again i like missed it so bad so i actually built a wrestling training center here i hired the olympic greco wrestling coach Ivan ivanov and moved him to boise and i ended up getting about eight different wrestlers who were training for olympics all moved to boise we had a this club where we were like all trying to compete and train for the Olympics. And I was trying to get back in shape because I'd taken like six or seven years off. And in the middle of this thing happening, it was so cool. We had, I was just like, my business was supporting it and all the wrestlers had jobs working for me. It was really, really cool. And then the whole business model we had at the time collapsed and ended up having like, let go all the wrestlers, all my friends. I shut down the wrestling gym and that was kind of the last, you know, that was like, that was kind of the, the, the end of my dream trying to compete as an Olympian. And then, Last year, I had a chance to wrestle for my first time in fifteen years, which was amazing. And so that's kind of my wrestling journey in a nutshell. But it was, um, man, some of the the, the greatest times of my life for sure.
0: Dude, it, it's so interesting to hear it from you because, like, the general public kind of knows you for for your business stuff, but we don't get to see the athlete in you. And it sounds like, obviously, from the ninth grade period on, like that's when you really took off. Obviously, state champion in high school. What weight class did you did you fight at, or did you wrestle at? I should say. What what was the weight class that you were always at?
1: It shifted around so in my uh junior, year, I was 130, then my or sorry, sophomore year 130, junior 140, senior 145. They cut down for, for the national tournament, I, I cut down 140s, to so I took second at 140 in the nation, and then at BYU, I was 157, and then Boise State has 165 my last four years.
0: Goodness, so so went that's up. like still really light. Like, how much would you say was your typical weight cut? Because wrestlers, like, one thing that um, a lot of people don't understand in the combat sports realm. See, in boxing, I fought for three years for Golden Gloves, and one of the things was I was a very, very light-sided heavyweight, so a light, a light, light heavyweight. So, like, I didn't ever have to cut weight. Um, everybody was dropping down from 225 down to 205, and I was sitting there at 185. So I was always at the very low end of it. So I was fighting uh-huh. big dudes. They would, they would drop down. How much weight did you typically have to drop before your matches?
1: So I had a problem. My dad, when we were kids, used to tell me stories about cutting weight, and he made it sound so glamorous. He tells these stories and all the things, and like I used to listen for hours. And I was like, "That's so cool! Like I want to cut weight." And so when I started wrestling. I cut a lot of weight. My um, I remember my sophomore year, I would come in uh, Monday morning. I would weigh one sixty, and by Thursday, I'd be one thirty for the tournament, and then it would, that was the cycle for for the entire season. Um, it, and then um, so it's thirty pounds my sophomore year. When I got older, it's more like. 18 to 20 pounds and then my senior year in high school actually um there were three kids not in my high school three kids in the country who all died from cutting weight within about a month period of time and they changed all the rules in wrestling and so when i got to college it was harder to cut weight They had some really cool rules in place now where um you know honestly it's about 10 pounds is about the most you can cut which is pretty easy you can cut 10 pounds in a night so um that was kind of the the peak but it used to be yeah i was i, I had a, a window of time where i got to go with the hardcore ca- weight cutters back when it was back when it was an art form, uh, before it became, you know, a little different than it is now, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of weight cutting. I one I remember one time I tried to add up all the pounds, looked at all my matches, all the tournaments and my things. And it was like over a thousand pounds I'd cut in like my high school career something crazy like that. When you added it up,
0: it's, it's unreal to me. I, I talk to people about that all the time. Wrestlers, especially like they, that is crazy. It's hard. That's like, a. Outside of the sport itself, just having – that is part of the sport, but outside of the competition, the weight cut, in and it's like you said, it's like an art in and of itself. You have yeah. to, like, have a system down. Um, just real quick, do you have any, like, stories of, of a weight cut? Like, what did you do for weight cutting? Put a sauna suit on, run around in the gym with a heater on? Like, I used to watch the wrestlers during basketball practice. I'd be, they'd be running around up top cutting weight and stuff and, like, throwing up in the trash cans. It made me sick. Do you have any <laughs> stories of, like, cutting weight, or was it just kind of like you just did your thing and go?
1: Um, no, I, I, some I should write a book on this I split you tested should. a ton of different things. And some things are awesome. Some are lame. like, I'm sure you've probably seen wrestlers who like, they'll get like a laugh or a jolly ranch and they'll spit in a cup all day. I did that once ripped the trash out of my mouth and my tongue. And I lost like a fourth a pound. It was horrible. So I never did that again. Um, <clears throat> I tried, I tried like binging and purging that didn't work. Stomach acids rip out. And it's like, that was horrible for me with the, the, and like, even like I put sweats on in my run, it doesn't suck weight out that fast. So the thing I found the, the best for me. Is and my coaches our, our coaches wouldn't let you cut weight during practice because they wanted you to focus on technique. So we'd wrestle our practice. As soon as practice we had done, um, what I do is I take off all my clothes, I put sweat, sweat, uh, long sleeve sweats on. And then put a sauna suit on top of it and then put sweats on top of that and then a beanie because tons of heat comes out your head and then a thing. And then I'd come down and I'd wrestle. And uh and um, I have either my dad or my brother or one of my buddies would come down and we just wrestle hard, constant movement for an hour. And usually in an hour, the first uh the first day of your weight cut, you can lose about eight pounds an hour. Second day drops for me to drop down about five pounds an hour, third day, third day dropped down about three pounds an hour. And so you kind of just you kind of just figured out based on that. Uh, whereas running, if I would run with the sauna suit on, maybe one to two pounds an hour. So it's like w- like wrestling would just suck way more uh, water weight out of you than anything else. And so for me, it was a lot of just like a lot of wrestling. <laughs> and what's cool is like you wrestling, you're like you have all this stuff on. it so heavy, so hot, so like miserable. And then when you go, you know, after weigh-in's happy, you drink some water, you feel good, you take all that stuff off, and you're just like you feel so fast and easy, and like everything. It's just the the um, the contrast is interesting. It makes it. I think way more fun when you're wrestling because like, this seems so easy. Everyone seems so little in their arms I like, can grab. And they're not like having <laughs> 15 layers of sweats. <laughs> but it's That's great because you take off all the sweats and then like you take your shirt and you can wring it out and you see – like think about eight pounds of water weight. Like a gallon of water is eight pounds. So you can take your shirt and you wring it out and water just like whoosh, all over the ground. It was really disgusting and cool. Dude.
0: That, I think that's so intriguing, though. That's the that's the craziness that goes on behind the scenes. So when people say that athletes are dumb, Josh, no. Look at the stuff that you have to do. Like, this is stuff that you're doing. Plus, you're doing, like, a mathematical equation. Eight pounds of water weight. That's a, that's a gallon, this and that. So anyways, I, I do have a question for you, too. So you get to BYU. You mentioned that, you know, uh, they, they got rid of the, the program. You went on a church mission. For some athletics, like, especially, like, in the sport of football, like mainstream sports, when you switch a program, it's extremely difficult because you have a new system, right? So football yeah. has different playbooks. Basketball has different playbooks. Coaches have completely different systems that they have to incorporate. So that's why it's hard for some athletes to adjust to new systems. When you got to Boise State, I guess wrestling is wrestling, but do some coaches have different, I guess, the different way of going about practice? 100%. Like, was it a tough transition going from a BYU uh, wrestling team <coughs> to Boise State?
1: Yeah, it um, it definitely was. Um, And I've I've had a chance to wrestle a lot of coaches in a lot of different rooms, and some coaches are very technical. It's a lot of like technical, um, you know, drilling stuff like that. Others, like Boise State, wasn't so much that. Boise State was more like we got in the room and we just kicked the crap out of each other for two hours every day. Like it was just hardcore wrestling every day. And so for me, it was interesting because when I got in that in that environment, especially after taking two years off, um, it it was hard. Like it was like it was brutal. I just get beat on so much. Um, But I got I got um, I got really good really fast and I got strong really fast because it was just like you know, constant two to three hours a day of just hard, hard, hard wrestling. Um, but the problem I also feel is like um, I, I went from like, you know, taking two years off, to, like it, my my level uh, increased really, really, quickly, but then it plateaued. And um I, I wish other other places I, I wrestled, other coaches I had, I feel like had better uh, training systems, to like have, you know, technique and like review, like after match coming back and like looking at what you did wrong and stuff like that. that we didn't really have a Boise State, Um, which is why I think uh, a lot of our athletes plateaued and never really got to, yeah, we we had a, we have had two national champs um, and you know a bunch of placers, but um, we never got to the you know to the to the top tiers. I think because of because of some of that. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely different, especially coming off two, you know two years off of just like you know your your body's soft and weak. and Your muscles come back fast. Interestingly, like 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 your muscles come back fast, but your tendons don't. And so that's why a lot of guys might come back like torn knees and elbows and you know all that kind of stuff. And luckily, I didn't have many injuries, but I did. That that took a lot longer. It took almost a year, I think, to get like the ligament strength back up to be able to handle like just the brutality of, of a practice, you know?
0: Dude, that's a really interesting point because I too served a, a church mission and I was in Brazil. Um I didn't have the problem of gaining weight like some people do. I had the problem I lost a ton of weight. I came back, I was 30 pounds lighter, and it was like not a good 30 pounds. I was like a skeleton. And so when I came home, I remember like just just athletically at at all like anything basketball whatever like everything hurt cuz they, they would you would think it would be the other way around but I'm like no dude just cuz I was lighter it didn't matter I had to get used to the, yeah. the flow of the sports arena essentially you know what I mean so that totally makes sense getting back into that kind of high intensity training especially after 2 years off new system everything it's that could be that could be hard for you so Question for you, Russell. You know, you had some some good competition going through in, in high school, good competition, obviously, in, in college at the D1 level. Mm-hmm. Who would you say is the best wrestler you ever faced uh, during your career, whether that be high school or whether that be in college, whether you won or lost, but who was the best wrestler you ever faced and, and why would you consider him the best?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's interesting. My senior year, actually, uh, if you follow UFC, Johnny Hendricks uh, was Oklahoma State at the time, and uh, I actually wrestled Johnny Hendricks. And I lost him at one point. Um, which was frustrating because I, like, I didn't know, I didn't follow his UFC career for a long time. And also he was like the top thing. I was like, I, I, and I, it was a controversial match. I'm still angry about, it. I actually found the match during, uh, I found my old videos when he was fighting all the time. And I found, it. I was like, I lost at one point to this guy. He literally started, uh, started screaming in the middle of the match. Anyway, it, it's like that guy is probably on paper the best, but like the, the best person I wrestled, it wasn't actually in a, in a match. They actually, um, Boise state hosted the world cup one year and, um, it was, um, Joe Williams from Iowa State, he showed up, he's a three-time NCAA champ, and he came to the Boise room, and I was like, I look at this guy forever, I'd like seen him, and I was just like, he's my same weight class, he walks in, he's about a foot taller than me, his waist is like 13 inches wide, His it's like his lats are like, just like chiseled, like a Greek god chiseled out of, out of stone, you know, and I go to wrestle this guy, and that was like by far the most dominant human I've ever felt, I was just like, huh, I thought, you know, like, I thought I was tough, and there's a whole nother level that I wasn't even aware of before. <laughs> like I couldn't touch his legs, I couldn't get past his arms. Like it was just, and I'm not, a, I wasn't, I'm not the best wrestler. But I was a good enough wrestler that, and that guy just played me that I was a little baby. It was, it was awesome. <laughs>
0: that's that's cool, man. And I tell people that a lot, like in in combat sports, especially. There's always somebody that's bigger, stronger faster whatever you just got to be ready like there's you could be the, you might think you're the biggest strongest fastest, whatever but there is always somebody out there and it's awesome that's kind of like the cool side about it though if you're a competitor that's kind of what you want you want the competition like yeah. that you got to challenge yourself i i am curious too i mean when i used to watch wrestlers i, I used to do jujitsu. so we'd have a lot of wrestlers come into our jiu-jitsu gym um mm-hmm. and they try to get a little bit of jujitsu in there as well and I talked to them a lot about their training for wrestling and kind of what they've learned through it. And a lot of them, I mean, it's discipline, obviously weight cutting and, and staying strict on everything. They have to be disciplined with the food that they eat. When everybody else in high school is eating whatever they want, yeah. they can't be doing that, especially when matches come around. Thanksgiving uh, always sucked for them. Um, but they would also talk about like the perseverance. I mean, it, wrestling practices aren't always fun. Uh, it's, mm. it, that's the same way with any sport. So I would, I'd like to ask you, what are the top three lessons that you would say that wrestling throughout your life taught you in regards to what you can implement now into your business and your, and your, just your regular life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the first one comes to mind, um, was actually my junior year in high school. Um, you know, my senior, my sophomore year, I did well and, and obviously in high school, your dream is to be a state champ. So after my sophomore year, I was like, I'm gonna be state champ next year. and. And I worked like I was gonna become one. Like I killed myself all summer long. I, I, I missed no days. We ran, we lifted, we wrestled, and and I got really good during that, during that break. And I told everyone I knew like, I'm gonna be state champ. So you're gonna be state champ. And I remember the very first match of the year. Um uh we wrestled Hunter High School, and the the person I was wrestling was a kid who had taken second place to state the year before. And I hadn't placed the year before, so I knew who he was, and I was like a little nervous, but I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be a state champ. It'll be easy. His so name was Nick Fresquez. And we go out there to wrestle and um, first match of the season, and he beat me uh, really good. And I remember just, uh, being destroyed. Like just, Oh, like, Oh my gosh. Like I've been telling you, I'm going to be this champ and all this stuff. And then I lose my very first, you know, of course, like it's a Saturday. So Sunday I go to church. Everyone's like, Hey, how'd your match go? And she's like, ah, I lost. Like, well, I thought you to be a state champ. I'm like, yes. I'm like, (laughs) I'll just like drive you crazy. You know? And I remember anyway, I remember. Uh, that night going to bed and just being depressed. And there's something about that feeling depression. Like I think people like it. I liked it. It's like, it feels good to be angry and mad. So I was like, I was angry and mad, but my dad had filmed the match. And my dad wasn't angry and mad. My dad was like, okay, how do we beat Nick Fresques? Like I gotta figure out how to beat this guy. So my dad slept all night watching the video over and over and over and over again, and dissecting it, trying to figure out what he did and how he did and all sorts of stuff. And I don't think he slept one moment that entire night. The next morning I woke up and he's like, here, Russell, come here. I know, I know what you did wrong. I'm like, dad, like, Dude, I'm, you know, the an annoyed teenager, and say, like, no, come here. He gets me on the mat. He's like, this is what you did, and start showing me all this stuff, and, and we worked on on um on the counters what what uh, Nick could beat me with, and uh, we drilled the counters that that morning, and then that night my dad came to practice, and we drilled them again, and the next morning we drilled them, and then at night we drilled them, and we did that for four months, back and forth and back and forth, so much so that I knew, I knew how to like. First off, I had to defend that move better than anyone on the planet. And second off, I knew how to do the moves he was doing better than anyone on the planet because I had doing my dad, and my dad would defend him back and forth and back and forth. Fast forward four months later, we're at the state tournament, and um, I'm on one side of the bracket. Nick's on the other side of the bracket, and you know, as fate would have it. We ended up meeting in the finals, and I looked out. You know, I started wrestling him. I was like, I know how to beat this guy. I beat him every day, twice a day for the last four months. Like, I know how to beat him. And I went there. I wrestled him. And what's cool is not only did I beat him, I ended up using the same move he beat me with. I used it on him and I beat him with his move, which was crazy. And um, and I remember that like afterwards thinking about that with my dad, I was like, man, I'm so grateful that my dad took that and then started and like took the loss. And instead of being like, oh, depressed, he's like, What did we learn? And then we figured out the tweaks and the changes, and we came back and we 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 worked on it. I think in business it's the same thing. I try to teach all my entrepreneurs this is like, you know, someone creates a funnel and they launch it, the funnel typically fails the first time you launch it. And most people fail and they're like, oh, they're depressed. Like, this is a scam. Funnels don't work. But, you know, whatever the thing is. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's the loss. You need the loss so you know how to win. Like, I celebrate. Like, we put out, we lose. I'm like, sweet. Now we know what's wrong and we watch that and we figure out what are the tweaks, what are the changes, what things we need to make. We fix those things and we go out and we try it again. And I think, like, that was such a big lesson to me. And it's, be, it's one of the reasons why I think so many people are scared to fail in any part of life so they don't try. Whereas I learned from that process of wrestling, like – failure was not like something to be scared of. It was like, this is my learning moment. Like I figured out exactly what I did wrong. Cool, now let me go fix it and I'll beat him next time. And that was that was probably the, one of the biggest ones for me. Um, the second one that's come to my mind is, um, so my my junior year in high school, I won the state tournament. And then my senior year, um, I actually didn't. And I was way better my senior year, but um, man, I had, a, I had an amazing season. And then in the semifinals, I had wrestling this kid who I'd beaten a couple times during the year really easily. And he caught me in a throw. Twice, which is really embarrassing. Anyway, he ended up beating by two points, um, and I lost. And I was just like in this thing of like, seemingly like depression. Like I lost the state title. Like I was a state champ my junior year, not my senior year. So embarrassing. So much like my 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 identity was like that. I was the best, you know. I was a state champ, and I also like had like, lost this thing. And I remember, like part of me wanted just to like hide and run away, which I think a lot of us feel that. Um, but instead, um, my dad was like, "Well, there's a, there's a national term that happens once a year." Uh, you have to be a state champ to go to it. And because you were state champion junior, you're qualified to go to it. He's like, do you want to go to this? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, if you're going to go like you, if you go like this, you you know, like you need to get a lot better in a short period of time if you're going to do well at this thing. And he told me the stories about Dan Gable, who's Dan Gable's like my sports, Michael Jordan, right? Um, Dan Gable, like when he, um, he won, he lost one match ever his senior year in, in college. He lost his last match. And then he so frustrated, he ended up uh, going to the Olympics. And um, anyway, he ended up winning the Olympics. Nobody scored a single point on him. And what they used to tell stories about Gable, he said that he would work out seven hours a day because he was training for the Olympics. And then he'd go to bed at night. But then he knew that when he went to bed at night, the Russians were on the other side of the the earth and they were awake training and he couldn't sleep because he was so upset that the Russians were training. And so he'd get up and he'd run at night to make sure that they didn't get anything on top of him, right? I mean, Dan was like the man and again, goes to the Olympics and nobody even scores on him, wins the gold medal and like He's our legend. So my dad tells me the stories. Like if you're gonna, if you want to beat all these guys, you got to work every one of them. And I was like, all right. And so my dad and I figured out a plan. Like he wake up in the morning, we run, we lift, we wrestle. And then I was like, I can't keep wrestling with people I've been wrestling with because, like, you know, I know all my guys' styles. Like I got, I got, I need more competition. And so we figured out. In the state, who are the people that are also going to this national tournament? Who are the state champs? And we set up practices with them. We would drive from school to school. Somebody's two or three schools in a day just to get with the best people and wrestle with them and wrestle and then go school to school. Guys are heavier than me, lighter than me, like whatever we could do. And, uh, man, we're working, I would say, minimum seven hours a day uh, for, I think, three months between the state tournament when I took third all the way to the national tournament. And the national tournament, I ended up taking second place in the nation, uh, becoming an All-American, getting college scholarships, all that kind of stuff. And people are like, well, you took third in state but second in the nation. Like, how does that work? And it was like, because I knew that like I had to do what nobody else was willing to do if I was going to be successful. Like I had to put in more time, more effort, more energy. I couldn't keep working with the people I was working. I had to go find the best and train with them because they were going to make me the best as well. And, um, you know, there's so many parallels to that in, in business or any part of life, right? Like there are times we want to launch click funnels where, you know, we had a deadline. We had to meet all these things were happening. And Todd flew out here and Todd and Dylan, and we worked for three weeks straight. And we didn't sleep. Like we work till four or five in the morning. We go pass out on the couch, wake up at, at seven or eight and we keep going again. And we had to do that to to be able to get this thing off the ground, be able to have success, right? It was like working, outworking everybody else. Um, and we had to go through that over and over and over again. And I think um, that like perseverance and that that kind of stuff, like, I don't know, you don't learn that at school. You don't learn that in any other place besides sports, I don't think, um, which I think is why, you know, I've had success in business because I learned those, those kind of work ethic and those kind of things. So those are two. I'm trying to think of the, what a third one would be. <laughs>
0: I mean if, those two are fantastic man so I, I appreciate just those that's that's actually phenomenal That's a phenomenal example two examples of of what they've taught you and how you've applied them into your life like it's it's incredible and you know it's funny because as you're talking it makes more sense now as to like I, I kind of I analyze people that's just how <laughs> I always been So when I started working for you it's been three years now I was always the quiet one well I wasn't quiet in the office but I would always like quietly like observe people and I can see how your brain works like it's always going. And like you're always planning the next attack. It's it's kind of crazy how it is, and I can kind of see just through your discussion right now, like uh, okay, so it's through this. Like that's just how you've been. You're a competitor. You're always going, 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 going. You're outworking everyone. I've literally never met anybody, anybody who has been able to have a vision and put that into practice every. Like you'll do whatever it takes, and then you just mentioned Mm -hmm. that right there. You do what you do what it takes to get it done. So it's crazy. Now, Russell, when when we look at this, like as we kind of. Transition. I told you that I wanted to talk about the UFC matches coming up in, in the in the combat world. You know, Ultimate Fighting Championships, Bellator, any kind of mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, jujitsu, and wrestling is a major part of that. Uh, yeah. Everybody likes their striking, their kickboxing, their muay thai. It, it's it's a, it's a little more exciting, if you will, uh, because everybody likes the you know broken noses and all that jazz. But really, when the grappling comes into play, it's it's really fun to watch. However, a lot of people think it's boring, right? They'll look at wrestlers yeah. in, in, in the UFC, and they're like, "Oh, it's so boring." However, when you understand it like Khabib Nurmagomedov for example he's an elite wrestler at at an all-time high and what he does is unbelievably like strategic Mm -hmm. he'll go for a single or or a double leg takedown he doesn't get that he's going for the single he's twisting he's doing this he he pins his body up against you I want to know what your thoughts are just from the the times you've watched Khabib an elite wrestler and the success he's had in mixed martial arts I mean the man has never lost like he's, he's a stud what are your thoughts on that and uh the differences between maybe American wrestling and that of Russia, for example, mm-hmm. is there any differences that you've noticed in his style compared to what you might've been, you know, grown up with?
1: Cool. Um, it's interesting. I remember after Khabib fought McGregor and tapped him out, there was this meme in the wrestling community that like went viral. And it said, it's, it's the picture of of uh, McGregor sitting on the mat. Like after I got choked out, just kind of like sitting there, you know, it says that moment you, f- you realize that grappling with your, with your buddies isn't the same as wrestling. <laughs> 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 and it's like, uh, anyway, we all love that. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely different. And I understand, you know, you know, in wrestling, it's, it's interesting. they change the rules all the time to try to make it more flashy, more exciting, you know, more points for throws and things like that, which encourage athletes to do more throws and wrestling as a sport uh, is, gets more and more fun to watch every year because of what they what they do, because, you know, they try to, you know, they they reward you with points for things that get the crowd to get excited. Right. And I think it's tough because, yeah, sometimes in UFC, it's like you want to see the, the crazy thing. But if you look at like a, a real street fight, like how do most street fights end, right? Like it's on the mat, it's on the ground, like it's 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 the real thing. And so, um, and you look at why Khabib's been so dominant because he is great on his, uh, you know, as a as a typical fighter. But man, when he gets past here and he's on on you, like it's you, you can't get away. Like it's over, right? Yeah. And um, it's 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 really cool as far as different styles. So. There's basically three styles of wrestling, and here in America, what we do in our high school and our colleges is called we call it collegiate wrestling or folk style wrestling. And we're the only country that does that does that style, and uh, it's my personal favorite one. And then there's freestyle and Greco, which is the international um, the international styles, right? And they're different. And so freestyle and Greco uh, on our feet, they're very similar, um, but on the mat, it's way different. You know, in high school, you, you're on the mat, you try to stand up and get away, but in freestyle and Greco, you don't. You lay out flat and you try to stay flat, and you're only down there for 10, 15 seconds, and if they don't get a turn they put you back on your feet because so they like on your feet's where most of the throws and the fun stuff happens. Right. And so because of that, if you look at uh, a guy that could be like, he's not like a traditional wrestler that I think a lot of people here in America would look at like, oh, he's going to be good on top or on bottom. Like he's good at takedowns. Like the, like internationally, that's what freestyle people are. Like most of the sport is run on your feet. And so like, that's what he's good at. is like, he gets in there, you know, he's got a couple punches and then boom, he's in your legs, he's taking you down and then he's moving to his, to his submissions, you know? And so it's that transition point from feet to the mat that's wrestling that that's what he's bringing in that that's so powerful you know what i mean and um i think what i'm this is why i'm so excited for this fight like uh you know we were joking like we should do this before this fight because yeah. um what's what's fun about this is is uh, justin gaethje is a wrestler as well in fact ben Sherrington, who was uh he was one of boise states all americans ben was one of my workout partners when i was at boise state oh, excuse me he was uh, one of boise's na- uh national champs with that two national champs he was the second one um he uh, after he graduated Boise state, he went to, to, uh, Colorado and was Gagey's wrestling coach there and Gagey became an all American. And then, uh, when he, when he left, uh, Sherrington continued to be his coach. And so I <clears throat> I w I didn't follow UFC for a lot of years. Um, but when, uh, when Corona hit, you know, COVID hit and everything was, you know, there's no sports. All of a sudden, UFC was the only thing that was on. I was like, right. I, I haven't watched live TV forever. So we turned it on and, and Gaethje first fight was out there. And he comes out on the thing and all of a sudden Sherrington comes out on the mat with him. I was like, wait a minute, that's i like, that's, that's Sherrington. Like, I haven't, like, I'm freaking, I haven't seen him in like, you know, whatever, 15 years. So I go on Instagram and sure enough, Sherrington's still his coach is uh, still a wrestling coach. And so I've been, anyway, ever since then I've been following it and I've been watching, he's been like just dominating people person after person. And if you watch Gaethje's style, it's interesting because he's not, he doesn't fight like a normal wrestler. He doesn't take people down ever, but his takedown defense, I believe, is one of, if not the best in the, in the UFC. And so you've got two wrestlers, one who's the best takedown guy in the UFC, one who's the best takedown defense in the UFC. Who are I like colliding this weekend, which is insane. So it's like the the battle of two wrestlers whose styles match up so interesting that um, anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to see kind of how that how that all plays out what what happens. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm stoked about it too. I was, I was interested to see what your your thoughts were there because they are two wrestlers, two different styles, and, and they both have motors on them. They don't stop moving ever. It's yeah. ridiculous. And that's typically how a wrestler is. They don't ever stop moving. But Gaethje will start... He'll keep throwing punches and he'll try to... like. It's just going to be... I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Does it go to the ground? Does it stay up top? It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm I'm actually more excited about this fight than I was the Connor, the Connor fight because uh, styles make matchups and I think mm. this is a better... like. What, do you, what am I trying to say? Yeah, styles make matchups, like yep. make good fights. And this is a better style, in my opinion, because you got two wrestlers going at it. McGregor, I didn't think he was going to last with him because he had no takedown defense. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Now, Russell, I just really appreciate your time, and I know you're a busy guy. Um, one last thing, I just want you to, before we sign off, just tell us, for anybody who's out there, like maybe kids who are wondering about wrestling, uh, they're wondering about sports, obviously it's kind of helped you in your life. What would you say is the biggest take away from wrestling and, and should, should kids consider competing in a sport? I mean, if not wrestling, if they want to, uh, learn some life lessons and, and be successful moving forward in their lives when it's all over.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, there's an old saying that says how you do some things is how you do everything, you know, and it's interesting because I see people who maybe did sports, but kind of just goofed around, whatever, and they move on to their you know school life or business life or family life. A lot of times they, they kind of have that same, that same thing. You know, I, I was someone who, when I was wrestling, like I didn't want to just, when I, when I just, when I realized that day, my day that I had my hand raised and looked at the guy with the mustache, I was like, I'm a wrestler. Like I didn't want to be a wrestler. I wanted to be the best wrestler. Right. In fact, I remember there was this, um, this old DVD or old VHS tape. I had of Tom and Terry brands who are twin wrestlers, Iowa, both, both, um, um, Olympic or um, world champs, like some of the best wrestlers ever. And the video tape started. The first one was like, it uh, started with Tom Brands. Said, my name's Tom Brands. My goal is simple. I want to be the best wrestler in the whole world. And next one came Terry Brands. My name's Terry Brands. My goal is simple. I want to be the best wrestler in the whole world. And I used to watch that every morning, just that first like 30 second clip. And I'd be like, my name's Russell Brunson. i to be the best wrestler in the whole world. And I wanted to be the best because, like, I did not want to just do it. I want to become the best. And I think, you know, man, I, I don't care what sport you guys gravitate towards, right? There's so many amazing sports out there, but I would pick one and then don't go in the attitude of like, oh, I'm just going to goof around. Go in the attitude of like, if I'm going to do this, I want to be the best in the whole world. Because sports, you know, most people will not make their living as an athlete. Like, unfortunately, like, a, a, as amazing as it is and such a good opportunity, most people don't make their, their living as an athlete. I never made a penny as an athlete in my entire life. But what I got from the athletics was the at like all those things, right? And how you do something's life, how you do everything. So if you're going to do this, do it in a way that's going to prepare you for whatever the next phase of your life is, right? For me, it happened to be business. For you, it might be, you know, maybe you're going to be called to be a minister of a church. Maybe you're going to be like, um, you know, maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's, you know, whatever your 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 next calling is in life. Like use use sports and athletics as like this training ground to prepare you for whatever the next step is, whatever the next mission is going to be for you. Um, because if you if you waste that time, um, it's it's uh, it can be it can be a sad thing. So many athletes who came into I saw who had so much potential and then they just goofed around, didn't have much fun with it where I was like, I maybe didn't have the same same potential. And I never became the best wrestler in the world. That was my goal. I never got it. but man, the pursuit of that of trying to become the best um, changed my life. It gave me the tools, the the belief, the confidence, all the things I needed for the next phase, the next mission of my life. And so just know that going to sports like, this is a training ground for the rest of your life. and if you prepare for it and you work hard for it, even if you don't ever hit your goals, um, as long as you're chasing with all you got, It'll give you what you need for the next phase of your life. And so um, I, I'm so grateful. Like to this day, my, I tell my wife all the time, my kids, I was like, I, I would, in a heartbeat, if someone said, you can go back to uh, wrestling in high school right now, if you gave up your business, I would walk away without thinking twice. Like that's how much that part of my life meant to me. It was more fulfilling, more exciting than anything since then. But man, it was uh, on top of that, it was the training ground that that prepared me for everything else I've been doing in my life since then. So hopefully that helps motivate somebody to go and just go all in on their sport. Don't dabble, just have fun with it and do it 100%.
0: Appreciate that, man. For all the coaches, all the parents, and all the athletes right now listening, I hope you took notes right there because that was was some golden nuggets. And Russell, I just want to say thanks again for uh, joining me on the show and for all the listeners out there who've tuned in, make sure you leave me a five-star review on Apple. Make sure you subscribe because we'll be coming to you every single week with a new interview. Take care. Thanks, man. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.